What's going on, everybody? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tommy, wait a second. Before we get started, let's let the listeners know how they can make a podcast just like us. Well, not just like us, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, if you guys haven't heard yet about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It absolutely is. How do you think the two of us did it? Thank God it's easy. And it's free. Absolutely free. You can record, edit, and post your podcast live directly from your phone, baby. It's as simple as being the final girl in a slasher film. (laughs) It's even easier. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. Where can they listen to our podcast, huh, Corey? Multiple platforms, actually. Anchor put us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. But there's even more. Because there's no minimum listenership required for your podcast to make money. It's everything in one place to make a podcast. Now all you got to do is download the free Anchor app and start recording. That's right. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm to get started, people. What's going on, everybody? I'm Corey Webb. And I'm Tommy McGill from Those Random Guys. And you're listening to our brother's podcast, Two Brothers in Review. So over on Two Brothers in Review, they review a movie each Saturday at noon every week, depending on the theme of the month. So make sure you're going on each platform to go check out what they're reviewing for that month. That's right. They said platforms. And by that, we mean Instagram. So go over to their Instagram, Two Bros in Review. Give them a follow. Go like some stuff. Go comment on some things. I mean, what else is there to do but to go to Instagram and follow Two Bros in a Review? And they're still on the road to 1,000, so make sure you guys are following them. If you're trying to talk to them, it's literally the best place to talk to them. If you tell them whatever movie you want them to review, they will review it. I guarantee that. I mean, if they have the time to. There's plenty of movies they got on the backlog, but they are on Spotify. They are on Apple Podcasts. They are on Google Podcasts. Nate likes to tell everybody if there is a platform, yes, platform, that he is not on, that the two brothers in a review are not on, that you inform them that they need to be on that platform. Inform them on the Instagram. Hopefully it's not the platform, the movie platform, because that would be very, very bad if they were on that platform. Yeah, I hope they never review that. But speaking of platforms, there's the Apple Podcast platform, you know? And there's a little app if you if you got an iPhone, an iPad, a Mac. Beautiful little purple emblem with like, I think like a little... It's like a radio tower. Yeah, a little radio tower. Go to that thing. Search Two Brothers in a Review Podcast. Give them five stars. And leave a nice little review of their review podcast. It's Reviewception. April Fools. If you haven't noticed yet, it's uh, Corey and Tommy from Those Random Guys Podcast here taking over Two Brothers and a Review. Public's gang. Public's gang. <laughs> and uh, we decided to hop on here and review Swiss Army Man. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So Swiss Army Man is a 2016 black comedy drama film written and directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schwarnert. Sorry if I butchered that name. I am not good at pronouncing names. I apologize. In their respective feature directorial debuts, I'm not good with words either, and starring Paul Dano, Daniel Radcliffe, and Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Three names. The film had its world premiere at at the 2016 Sundance Film Festival on January 22nd. 
and begun a theatrical limited release on June 24, 2016 before opening wide on July 1st. The film was positively received by critics. I'll go ahead and read the back of the uh, DVD case for you here. Yes, sir. Hank, a hopeless man stranded on a desert island, befriends a talking corpse washed up on shore. Together, they embark on an epic adventure to return home and reunite Hank with the woman of his dreams. 98-minute runtime, and it is rated R. That's pretty nice, man. So how about uh, we get into them facts? You want answers? I'll give you answers. Should give them a little fact. So Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dana were super excited to do the movie. As Daniel Radcliffe has gone on to say, he feels like Ed... Everybody thinks this film was was a really tough thing to sell to actors, but it absolutely wasn't like when you read something that is strikingly original and stands out by a mile. And I think for me and Paul, those are the key things we are looking for in a movie is the chance to do something really fresh and something that hasn't been done before. So when that chance appears like this and it's obvious there hasn't been nothing else like this, you just got to grab it with both hands. The Daniels directors have also directed... The Turn Down For What music video, and the song Rise of the Phoenix by Tenacious D, as well as other music videos, TV shows, and movies. Farts hold a way heavier theme on the movie than most people watching would imagine. Cotton Eye Joe was a reoccurring song throughout the film, even though the director themselves were not fans of the song Cotton Eye Joe. Daniel did the stunt at the beginning of the movie and had a mold of his butt made with a pipe put in it and had air blown out of it from one of the opening shots in the movie. This movie was filmed exclusively in California over the course of 22 days. I feel like that's pretty impressive. That is an absolutely mind-boggling fact, honestly. <laughs> 22 days right of filming is pretty... Think uh, about that. That's, that's absolutely mind-boggling. Pretty, pretty quick. A lifelike body double was made for Daniel Radcliffe for spots like getting tossed off of mountains, but the dummy did take the rabbit, the rabid raccoon spot. And also, for the press of this movie, Daniel actually brought this uh, dummy out for him for interviews and different type of stuff. So he actually had a legit dead version of himself just sitting on the couch with him. So the movie had a budget of $3 million. Okay. Not really great, but respectable. And box office of $5.8 million, so nearly double. But I think this would be the lowest, probably the lowest budget and box office that they've done. It's, wow. it's, I'm, I'm 99% confident it's the lowest box office they've done. But um, it, that doesn't really account for everything because this movie was much more popularized on streaming platforms mm-hmm. where, as we did, you yeah. pay a rental fee. Exactly. Daniel Radcliffe has gone on to say that one of the directors, Daniel Kwan, hates the song Cotton Eye Joe, acapella singing, and body humor. So he asked him why'd he make a film full of things he hates, to which Dan Kwan responded with, if we make a film filled with things we hate, we have to make it the best possible version of that film in order for us to not hate it. To which Daniel Radcliffe says is probably the hardest way to make a movie, he thinks, but also says they're much braver and imaginative than he is. Um, initially, this movie was actually pitched to producers as a joke. So they were going around Hollywood to meet with producers about potential projects. And this one was just intended as a joke, as a way for them to hang out with uh, producers and see what, what movies they were trying to have made. But 
one crazy producer looked at him and said, why don't you just make it? <laughs> they just had to say, fuck, I guess we're, we have to make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Went on a dare and just said, I guess we're making a movie then, boys. Oh, man. That's a great way to get get into making a movie, get into the movie-making business, because it was their directorial debut, so... Yeah, exactly. That's pretty crazy mm-hmm. if you think about it. Exactly. I have one more fact. Quentin Tarantino was one of the first people to look at those scripts of Swiss Army Man. Really? Uh-huh, and... The Quans, I mean, well, Daniel Quan and the other Daniel that I forgot his last name. Apologize. I think it's Scheinhart. Yeah, Scheinhart. Yeah, you actually said it correctly, way better than I did. I actually said it at the beginning of this, so why did I just forget it that badly? <laughs> but um, they were both super excited to meet Tarantino, and they were were just telling themselves they they did not need to talk about Kill Bill, and like they needed to just stop him to like realize, okay, he's not it's fan cool boy. and everything, but we need to figure out about this movie first yeah fanboy after so, this cool little fact that quentin tarantino look over the script of swiss army man that's cool i think mm-hmm. that's a, I think that's a sizable amount of facts mm-hmm. that's enough facts for you fools <laughs> you want to hop on into those opinions everybody has them it's my opinion that at the moment you'd be serving this department best by working with me in public relations well opinions are like assholes everybody has one when the first fart makes you laugh and the last part makes you cry. That feeling when? I, I, I agree 100%. I won't say cry, but moved. You said it earlier when we were talking about it. That's a good way to describe the last. The last scene is moving and the first scene is funny. Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. And that's a synopsis of the movie. The, the it's fir- funny and moving. The first scene is like... It hits you a little bit because it's like the first thing you see is Hank just... Standing on an ice cooler and stuff like that, and just humming to himself and stuff, and it's it's a little kind of somber and kind of sad. It's honestly. pretty dark. I mean, it's that's really why it's a black dark. comedy. Like yeah. it's a it's uh it's it's pretty it's pretty dark. He's about to hang himself. Yeah, it is. That's the opening scene. Is the main guy about to hang himself? Main, main protagonist. That sets a tone. S- yeah, it does. But then immediately following, you get the. The co-star Manny rolls up on the shore. The corpse rolls up. Daniel Radcliffe. And he then immediately there's like, oh, there's hope now. He sees another person. So it's starting to take you out of that dark spot, and then <laughs> he farts, and it's like the the Manny, the dead body, just rips a nice rip. Hanks. And it just takes the movie to a different spot. Not even on the same roll. It'd be like if you're rolling a roller coaster. I'm sorry, riding a roller coaster. You get all the way to the top, and instead of going down, you jump over to another track and go down. <laughs> I can agree with that a hundred percent. It's like a, they just lift you up, change. It's you. just funny because like when Hank first sees him, he gets super hopeful. He's like, "Another person! Oh my god! I've been on this fucking stranded island forever, sending out bottles and stuff." Because the initial shots opening is hardly these like desperate, like actually well-made boats. Like these well-made, like crafted boats out of like plastic yeah, yeah, bottles the, and the, stuff like, like opening that. shot, the establishing shots, like mm-hmm. you know, showing the He's ocean, written me- messages, basically showing the me, audience, like, look, this guy's been stranded on an island for a bit, probably. He's put out multiple messages saying, "I don't want to die," and just crazy, like I would almost say, castaway type things, basically. It, yeah, definitely. There's very castaway parallels when it comes to how Hank's predicament is at the beginning of the movie. Yep. But when he first sees Manny... Shout out Tom Hanks. He Shout out Tom Hanks. 
when he first sees Manny, dude, he gets fucking like super hype and like actually gets really hopeful that yeah. there's another person here. Like I actually, this could be like my guardian angel figure out how to get back to civilization. Like I don't actually want to die. Like, I made a fucked up decision probably. And then he realizes this motherfucker's farting. Like he gets so like disappointed that he's farting and then he just goes back. He, he takes off Manny's belt. Yeah, because his rope <laughs> His rope ripped. broke. His rope broke. He he accidentally hangs himself because I don't think at first he like when he sees Manny's body, he thinks I think he re- reconsiders it. He but he falls, he falls off of the off, cooler, off the cooler, and he's actively trying to like break the rope a bit. So yeah, yeah like he, you said, he breaks it, the rope, gets the gets the belt from Manny, and continues to try to hang himself again. But while that's going down, Manny continues to fart and fart, go just crazy in the ocean. But these waves are crashing over Manny, <sighs> and then it starts. Paul, I mean, which McCoy almost said Paul Dano, but Hank, the main character, starts seeing something while he's starting to hang himself. That Manny's moving along the shore. His farts are powering him through the water. His farts are propelling him, (laughs) and that's like I said, farts are propelling him. People, it's the perfect like that. That's how the whole movie felt to me. Was the tone like there was two tones always at the same time? Now one sometimes shined brighter. Like, is it the funny slapstick? We're farting. We're doing funny shit with the, the corpse's body. Like, yeah. But then, at the same time, it could easily just, like, within a few seconds, go straight to, like, I'm nothing. I'm stranded. Nobody loved me. Like, that's that's the, the whole opening scene. Hanging yourself. Fart joke. Back to hanging yourself. Back to a bigger fart joke. And <laughs> a realization that you don't actually, like, there's even deeper, like, themes to that. It's like, if you really want to break it down, is like this man's on his last leg. He's getting ready to kill himself, which is a very serious, serious thing that, you know, that's. You have to be very far down in order to put yourself in that position. Exactly. Then this guardian like angel shows up out of nowhere, this thing that you would have never expected, and basically saves his life. There's a lot of out, 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 it seems, it seems useless, right? Yeah. It, but it, it sh- it's to show you, like, don't. Don't take underestimate. You yeah. find hope in different ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't just take things up for granted. But know? after seeing his body start propelling himself, he gets the great idea. Like, okay, I'm not gonna hang myself. He takes the belt off. He starts saying, like, hold on, wait for me. He starts yelling for Manny to say, wait for me. He straps his belt onto him. He grabs his fucking tie, and he fucking starts going ham riding the propelling fucking zombie like corpse. a jet ski. Oh my god! And and that's kind of. Really, actually, awesome, man. If you it's think so about cool. it, especially considering Daniel Radcliffe actually did it, that wasn't a fake on that part. Roll we t- we mentioned roll title, earlier. Roll title, Swiss Army Man. Exactly. Baby. What oh. an opening! What an opening! Such a great opening to a fucking movie. Very good opening. So nice, but he gets a little too too uh, crazy with it and ends up launching off Manny and then passes out and ends up on another beach. Yeah, he ends up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as far as opinion goes. I'll personally say I, d- I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I guess I should thoroughly. go into that. I just wanted to put out the opening to you guys because this opening was just absolute. Like it set a tone for the movie. Yeah. and my opinion is like like you said, it's it I, set the two tones of the. I movie. I loved it. It, it. it was great. It was a great opening mm-hmm. scene, and I think they followed up pretty well. Like I, I feel like the rest of the movie, like I said, it, it played that dance of like serious. Funny, serious, funny. Yeah. The whole time, and and it kind of, 
it kind of worked very well, man. I think they picked the perfect actors for it too. Like Daniel sure. Radcliffe, even though like some probably would say like, man, he didn't really do much for the movie. Like he, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody that would say that. I would say you're wrong about some that. Some people probably. would say that, but look. That, I would agree. They're wrong. That man, like the way that he went about acting as Manny, like the way, like well, at first he had to be a literal corpse. He had to be a literal corpse. He had to be a dead man, and then he had to be a partially functioning corpse, corpse. Which a lot of people said, like they congratulated him because it's like, how can you pull off that dead face? It's like I can't even pull off that Manny, like half dead eye, like open eye nonsense. And it's then, impressive. And then of course this the scene towards the end where he saves him from the bear and all that with the. Uh, like the movement, that, yeah, the actual zombie-like movements and stuff that he's like doing that. It's, it's impressive. It's, it's impressive. Nice. He killed it. And not to give no credit to Paul Dano, who plays Hank, the main character. I've he n- plays I, I'll that, be honest. I've never seen him in any other movie. I've never or watched heard him of something him. else either. I think his performance was pretty good, dude. It was absolutely fantastic. I think. I think he played to that character perfect. Like him as an actor for that character. It feels like the scenarios for like you know it's you would say for Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man or Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim, you know it's just feels like, like it was casted as was about casted as well as you him. could do exactly. Yeah. It was casted for that actor. It felt like yeah, like here's this role because we we know this is like mm-hmm. the type of role that you are. I liked the movie a lot because it it felt like there was a lot of like moments in the movie where Manny like was basically teaching like like well learning from like um. Hank about life and in general and stuff throughout the movie but also teaching but also teaching Hank throughout the movie as well like he's explaining trash to him and uh, basically uh, Manny says like so trash is something that nobody wants and nobody cares about they throw away they throw away and nobody gives a crap about it and he associates that with Hank he says so you're trash because he's alone and all that and nobody nobody cares like he assumes nobody cares about him he's out in the middle of nowhere so that's what he associates with that and that on a personal level to me thinks like it, it hits a little bit harder because it's like damn, this little like zombie like corpse thing you just got to learn how to talk basically called you trash. He doesn't know what he's saying like he's very you know oblivious to what that actually means, but you know what that means and it's like damn, th- is that tr- like can I actually like relate like say like damn yeah I guess he made I am like trash. a very like good point astute observation yeah exactly but it, it caused him to reflect that's mm-hmm. what he made him do caused him to reflect on himself and that that's that's why i say it's kind of funny how like or i guess it's kind of cool how they do the seriousness of it with making this dude reflect on what life is and you know what love is and all those type of things but also weave throughout it like or not even really weave weave that in through a plot that's literally just ridiculous it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous it's not something you could just walk up to any like hollywood big wig and say hey listen to my watch read my script about a guy who a corpse that farts just to i mean the reason it's called swiss army man if if nobody's watched it or hasn't uh you know checked it out or anything like that he's literally a corpse that has you know Many, many uses like a Swiss Army knife. He chops wood. He's used as a boat or a jet ski. He's used as a uh, flask. No, he, uh, yeah, a flask, a, actually. Uh, yeah, like a thing or to a contain canteen. water. A, a canteen, water canteen, yeah. As a shower. He's used mm-hmm. as so many things. Like he shaves his beard, cuts his hair, all that. A gun. He's used as a gun. A flint. Exactly. So he's he's the Swiss Army knife man. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of crazy the way that they, they, made, they pulled off that ridiculous premise... 
and actually made a, a movie that at the end of the day, I would say there's parts of it that moved me and there's parts of it that made me laugh quite a bit. I think Daniel Radcliffe said it best like when he said, it's probably the hardest way to make a movie that if you make a movie that's so... Make a movie of things that you don't like so you have to make it good. so good that you like it. That's yeah. that's almost an ingenious way to make movies. To make dude. anything. To make honestly. anything. Go bro. here's something... Here's, I absolutely hate. Here's two things I don't like at all. Yeah. Let me make a movie so good that I'll go, even though those two things are in there, I like I this. I like this movie. I can say I'm proud of this movie. Now, I don't hold that same sentiment that the director does. I do find... Flatulence, flash slapstick, acapella singing. I found the acapella singing. I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> it's pretty crisp. Like, <sighs> listen, guys, they killed it. Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano, they absolutely fucking killed it when it came to the yep. to the actual like singing in the acapella for and the soundtrack. I'll say this: the directors and stuff killed it as well. By instead of editing the tracks over the movie. They would play them on set while they were doing scenes. And that's why sometimes you would get that scene where the body just goes, ba, 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 and then yeah. it picks up in the background. Nobody's singing. Uh -huh. They're just doing like a walking montage or something. Yep. And that's still playing. And it just, it, it hit really good. The way, they, the way they arranged it instead of editing over footage, as you would normally do with a lot of movies, you yeah, know? Definitely. It's not a technique you see that often. Uh-huh. Filming wise, like the like how it was filmed and everything, a lot of good cinematography. There's a lot of great cinematography when he's crossing across this big beam of metal. There's beautiful scenes where after the beam breaks, they go sink underwater, and you see Daniel Radcliffe, Manny sinking, and just basically looking so hopeless. And then you see uh, Paul, Paul Dano's character Hank, gets super inspired to just go down there and save Manny, and realize that he knows what he can do to save Manny. By uncorking his butthole, which he corked because <laughs> he kept on farting, and it's this he theme saved goes it throughout later. this whole movie. Listen, he, uh, Hank, he's embarrassed by farts. He doesn't feel like it's socially right to fart in front of somebody. Yeah, he goes somewhere else to do them. Exactly. exactly. He hides his farts. Which look, listen, people, the way I feel about farts is that they're healthy. If you have to fart, you have to fart, and you shouldn't feel ashamed that you farted. Now, listen. Don't rip. There's a time and place. There's a time and place. We're eating dinner right now. I'm, I invite you out and we go to a, a restaurant or something and you fart. You're paying the check. Exactly. Everybody's quiet in the movie theater and there's nothing going on and you have to rip ass. Go to the go to the bathroom. Yeah. But if I'm watching Swiss Army Man with you on your couch in your house and I, I rip ass and you judge me. Then damn, dude, are we're we not really are we friends. are we really friends? Exactly, and that's it's that's so funny because big... that's what they say in the movie. Because that's exactly how I feel, dude. Like you just said, if I if I ever felt like I'm in your place and I have to go to the other room to fart, I'm gonna be like, does it, like how much do we really like each other? Can I really trust this man? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sitting at your house. We're watching a movie, and I'm just Manny, all day. Manny, Manny says it at one point. He says. If my friend hides his fart, what else? What else is he hiding from me? Somewhere along those lines, yeah. he says those things. Exactly. Farts play a big part of this movie, people. It's unbelievable how a, a thing like a fart. Which can I know be Nate so, is going to love the theme. Oh, of this. I can't wait that when he listens to this. And I he, want he them to review this movie. Nate, Kyle, you guys should definitely review this movie. Review this movie. <laughs> okay. 
But It'll anyway, be the first one ever done twice, but it's fine. Farts are integral, bro. Just it's so great to me how something so funny and so like almost insignificant as a fart could mean so much in a movie. Mm-hmm. And it always goes to, I say this all the time, you already know. I think there's a way that everything, any one particular thing could be funny. Does that mean every time you say it or however you say it, it's going to be funny? No. There's times when a fart is not funny. But there are times when it is. And I think there was a good balance of that. Yeah. There, they didn't over, like, it wasn't like they were farting the whole entire thing. They no. made the fart scenes count. The beginning one, right when he quirks him up to foreshadow the later thing that's going to happen. And then the big fart to release him. And the bye-bye. They this, don't, it's not the constant thing, you this know? This is what I'm going to say about farts and this movie. I wish I could do one right now. <laughs> I wish I had one in me too, but listen, if you can make a fart mean more than just making someone laugh and make someone feel something more than just like funny or like laughter, well, of course, Nate feels different about farts. He thinks they're gross, but that's... Maybe... It's, it's on both those spectrums, I feel like, but in this movie, like that... like The, the final fart the is final not fart, to be funny. It wasn't supposed to be funny. And it it didn't make me feel funny. I was happy. I was genuinely happy to hear him fart and leave in the ocean. There was joy when my boy Daniel Radcliffe smiled. Smiling and just <laughs> dipping. Oh, dude. I, I'll jump to this right now because I actually just brain blasted by saying that. Okay. Favorite line of the movie. What's your favorite line? My favorite line of the movie, and I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get it verbatim, which, it, it, you know, we have... Nate to do house cleaning and I'm sure the episode after the are they gonna do we April Fool's podcast and he's gonna do house cleaning for our episode what are we gonna do the next episode are we gonna send in the house cleaning hey hey, we had to clean up a couple things (laughs) but anyway we'll just leave a nice note for you either way my favorite line of the movie is right at the end when he's holding Manny I mean uh, Paul Dano Hank the main character is holding Dana Radcliffe's character Manny in his hands after he escaped with his corpse and brought him to where he, I guess, came back with Manny at the beginning of the movie, getting propelled there. And he says to the people, we danced, we sung, and it was beautiful. We danced, we sung, and it was that beautiful. That is my favorite line because at that moment, I really felt like, damn, that was an adventure. That was actually, watching this movie, that felt like I was a part of that adventure. And there was genuine care. They... they I was invested. Yeah, I was invested in Manny and Hank's relationship and seeing if Manny was going to actually like and, and it, come back. This may be a shout out to you know trope. There it is, but if you love him, you got to let him go. Yeah, you do. He had to set him free. He had to set, him and free. that was the best part. You know, exactly. I'll tell you what my favorite line is right here. Okay, it follows like a, some of the buddy buddy scenes. You know, he's learning to use the corpse, learning to use Manny's body. And then um, they come up, he teaches him like how to do facial expressions and all that. And he's just now learning to talk and whatnot. And he's sitting up against the tree and Manny just cracks one of these hooked up smiles. <laughs> and he goes, what are you doing? He's like, this is the face I make when I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I think he says, this is how I look when I'm happy. <laughs> it's so good, dude. Because it reminds me of kind of like... Um, Damn, what's the movie? This is going to be bad if I can't remember this right now. For some reason, I want to say it was a Tarzan movie. I don't know, but there's a movie where this guy goes into the city. He's like a caveman type dude, and he goes into the city, and he has to learn social norms and whatnot. And that's what it feels like to me. It's like Manny's a grown adult. He's already lived a life. He's a 
I think you're talking about George of the Jungle. It might be George of the, the Jungle. The IRL George of the Jungle. When he goes to the with, big city. Um, I forgot the actor's name, but he's like a super meme lord now. Well, he's been becoming Anyways, the movie's not great. It just... It's not great. It's similar in that you way digress. where... He's a full-grown man mm-hmm. trying... Like, if he never goes through whatever accident he went through to become this corpse, of course he knows all these social norms about, like, smiling... Not saying everything that's on your mind. Riding the bus and, you know. Exactly. How marriage works and how society works. So it's like this thing where you have a grown, like a fully adulted human learning things, but with that that blissfulness that you can never get unless you are a child. Like, you know how when you're a child, I, this is the best way I always explain it. It's like right now if it rained and me and you had to go somewhere, we'd be like, Damn, it's raining. Glad someone invented an umbrella, a raincoat. Like, we invent something to get rid of our problems. But if a little kid walked out and never seen rain and it starts raining, that's the best day of their life. It'd be hyped. Water's falling from the sky. Unless kids are scared of rain. I guess if you're water phobic, but you know what I mean. Like, a dog for the first time. Every time you see a dog, you don't flip out. Yeah. But you never seen a a dog before? A child flips the fuck out. Exactly. So it's like when he learns about this smiling is what you do and it makes you happy yeah. and he tries to like convey interpret that, that and friends. convey that to his friend i'm happy yeah. right now and this mm-hmm. is how i look that scene killed me dude that's it was heartwarming, great actually i like that don't yeah, you like how that's... neither of the scenes were funny fart scenes no, or anything we like both that? picked because very... that's well, not what this movie is lines we actually said lines because that's what i meant i'm yet. sorry favorite lines from the movie but since you did just say that what is your favorite scene since you asked me my favorite line <sighs> The this is the part where I have a lot harder time. There's two scenes that stand out to me. One more thing though before we segue on to this one because I want to segue back. I left my segue on the TRG podcast. I just want to say my second. I know, but you know, did I, they do they have a couple here? They're Bobos. They're uh, the ones without the handles. They're actually um, hoverboards. Hoverbo- We're riding hoverboards. We're I'm hoverboard- not good at those. <laughs> Either way, look. I'll walk slowly behind you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm a hoverboard back to favorite line. Just really quick, because I want to say my second favorite line in the whole entire the movie second favorite line, okay. is going to be when he says, so when you think of your mom... It makes you when you masturbate. It makes you think of your mom. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. It's like yeah. I will say if we're gonna go jump over to funny, funny scene, I agree there there because he goes, that's weird. People will will think you're weird for saying that. And he goes, well, Hank, if it makes you not feel weird, whenever I masturbate, I'll I think, think about your mom. mom. And he goes, no, no, you can't do. <laughs> But again, it's that same thing. It's just blissfulness. Yeah. He's doing that because he doesn't want his friend to feel outcast or weird. He's like it's still a heartfelt like yeah, thing to say. But it's hilarious. It's hilarious because it's so he funny. just basically says, I'll, "I'll masturbate to your mom if it makes you feel better." <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, favorite, favorite scene. scene. I have this hard like battle between the opening scene where he rides out on. Manny, where I keep saying he, I should say Hank, yeah. rides out on Manny's body like a jet ski. Mm-hmm. Something about that scene, just like, like I said, it's that roller coaster. But instead of going down each like jumping hip, track. we go to a different roller coaster so at Donkey the top. Donkey Kong Country, it. yeah, it's like wild. Like <laughs> it's, it's sad. It's like very dark and Cart sad. Mind. It's very funny, dark and sad. And then he rides on a human being who's being propelled by the power of body gas. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. And they're going fast. <laughs> they're going. And like at one point, he pulls fast. his pants down to reveal, like you said earlier, in facts, the mold of his butt. Yeah, because Daniel Radcliffe said insisted that they do a mold of his rather than just put a regular one. Correct. That's crazy, dude. But facts. But he pulls that thing down. 
and he yanks up. His, <laughs> he yanks it up. It's like he's he getting yanks up his tie. It's like he's putting nitrous in his boat motor or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's great. But I think what might be the better scene is that it's a Rocky esque moment where he's really like getting the hang of using Manny's body because there's like really funny parts of that where he's showering with Manny like 10 feet above him just yeah, vomiting water awesome. yeah. or when he slings his arm and chops wood with it or he <laughs> figures out montage. how to shoot stuff that's such a beautiful and he montage. blows up a squirrel's head yeah I thought it was a raccoon said please tell us Nate which one it was I'm pretty sure it's a squirrel's head I thought it was the raccoon oh no, no. it's he the raccoon he has to watch this movie to do housekeeping he does so sorry you might Nate. as well just you review well it watch the, yeah review the movie <laughs> you guys might as well review it but either way raccoon squirrel I agree. That montage was fucking awesome. I think that's my favorite movie. My favorite scene scene of of the the movie. movie. I got you. The montage. And yourself, sir. What what banger do you have with this mash that I'm giving you? So I'm going to give you a little bit more of like, I guess, an emotionally turning part of the movie. Kind of like you said, this movie's a roller coaster, but instead of being just a straight up and down roller coaster... You're jumping from... This is a Mar, a Donkey Kong... Country track. Country fucking track, okay? Like, cart track. And in this scene, basically, um, they're setting up camp. They just set up a fire. It's actually right after the montage scene. Like, they feel super confident they're going to get to society soon and stuff like that. Yeah. And then a bear shows up. A real bear. Because throughout the movie, they've been avoiding, like, these... Sh- oh, like, oh. Are you about to drop more facts? Some more facts. There was a real bear that... That was two bits ago, Tommy. See, they wanted to um actually use, like, a, you know, all different types of methods for a bear, but they just didn't have enough money at the they time. They tried getting, like, a legit animatronic, they were like, trying to the go top-notch like, one in the and country. And the dude told them, like, nah... Half a mil or I something? Want like, a couple hundred yeah, thousand? <clears throat> I want, like, 400,000 or something like that. So instead of, like, go CGI, which is... I don't know if it's something that they didn't want to do or nothing like that, but they found... I'm a, glad they did. They found a real bear, which they said was a great and an awesome bear. bear to work with. But I, I digress. The scene goes on that, like, basically, Hank is, like, explaining some stuff to Manny and stuff like that. When the bear's dragging him away. Yeah. And throughout that, like, Manny's, like, going through these fucking flashbacks of stuff and doing, like, this, this crazy thing to Hank and stuff like that where <clears throat> he starts bring, – he brings up the whole thing. Like, if my friend farts in the forest and I, I he doesn't trust me, then what else does he – doesn't I, I – Yeah, like, I, what else is he hiding from exactly, me? What, what else, else doesn't he feel comfortable telling me? I think me? that scene's super integral because it, like, shows, like, how much growth, like, Hank has gone through throughout the movie because by the time Manny gets done explaining all that stuff – Hank is at the bottom of the tree being dragged off by the bear and was ready to accept death. Yeah. He was like... It's alright, Manny. I understand. Cool. Like, Because right before that... And this is why the, the end scene is so great. Because right before he does that, before he falls out of the tree, right? When, they're, when they go up, yeah. before they fall, he tells... Uh, Manny tells Hank... Like, they have a little squabble, like a fight, and he says, I just want to go back to being a dead. corpse. Yeah, I just, I wish I was, I wish I could be dead again. Yeah, I just want yep. to be dead again. And it all, and, it, and he's kind of like, I'll give you that. That's, yep. that's what the last scene is. It's like, go off into the ocean and just be dead again. And during that whole squabble, Manny was going to be used by Hank, which was a big thing throughout the whole movie. Hank uses Manny as the Swiss Army man and stuff like that. Of course. But at that very moment, after he got into that squabble with his friend, Manny saw a picture of the girl on his phone on her Instagram thing that Hank was looking at earlier to expose basically that this girl isn't Hank's girlfriend. This isn't 
Manny's girlfriend. This isn't somebody that Manny remembers. That basically throughout the movie that Hank was telling Manny, yeah. you remember this girl. Like, I say you know, we should mention this was like that was big another major plot point. Was that the the woman was used to as like the thing to drive Manny to want to do this in the first place. Yes. He, he fell in society love, yeah. to help Hank out. Exactly. And in this squabble, he sees the picture that this girl is with another guy. And as a result of that, he can't use Manny to defend himself like he He's was doing. He's lied and crushed. He tried so. to shove rocks in Manny's mouth and use him as a gun to kill the bear. Which but he did previously, like we said. To shoot scene. fish, to shoot a squirrel slash raccoon, we don't know yet. But anyway, that scene to me means a lot. Like It, it showed a big turn for not only Manny, but also Hank. And I enjoyed it quite a lot. And it leads on to, like you said, like... A very important to the final act of the movie where Manny is carrying Hank now and he brings him to society. He brings him to the lady's fucking house. And it's buck ass wild yeah. from there. Which is funny because like we were we were talking about it earlier, the way that they get to the house. That was a good catch, man. Yeah, I know. Flies right? in the studio today. <laughs> and what, did Nate send some little nanotech robots to listen, listen to on to this? Yeah. Um what was I just saying right there? Um the way that the final act was going. We were talking about like the way that they find her place. Mm-hmm. So, like we said earlier, it's it begins the whole thing about him wanting to go back to society with him begins by seeing this girl and falling in love with her. Yeah. Well, he gets a boner. Yeah. Basically, he, does, yeah. he gets a boner, which is the sensor basically navigating. It becomes a man. radar. Yeah. To, to direct him, because obviously, like we said, it's a Swiss Army man. Mm-hmm. They don't really give like an explanation because I feel like it doesn't need one. It's not. It's not really the point of the movie. That's more used as a vessel to get the message home. But this, it's a super-powered corpse. Like, he has all types of superpowers, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy the way that they set yeah. that up, you know? Mm-hmm. All in all together, though, like, with the whole movie as everything, man, and the adventure that Manny and, like, Hank went through, bro, I, I absolutely enjoyed the movie all the way through. I had not at one point where I wasn't uninvested or I was in my phone or... I was looking at something like I, I was fully invested into the story. Dude. Yeah, and not just because we were gonna review this movie, like, because we actually tr- watched what what they might not know is we watched two other movies with full intention of using those as review. Mm-hmm. Year one was one of the movies that because yeah. we watched it back in the day thinking that it was a good movie, it was a great movie, and it wasn't really. We realized it wasn't a very good movie. Yeah. So there's some funny moments in it, but it's not that good. It's of not a that movie. great. Sorry, Jack Black, Michael Sarah. You guys are actually yeah. both really good actors that I like in other movies. Sorry, Paul Rudd, you got killed at the beginning of the movie. Dude, they underused probably one of the greatest. Probably top five actors, period. Besides that, that's the reason why we didn't review year one. Or we didn't review Waiting because we had it started and we were maybe one minute into the movie and we couldn't get it started. So we yeah, we, we were getting distracted it. a bunch and whatnot. Yep. But this movie we watched together and with even Full pe- investment. Yep. People were all around. We instead of just letting it play like we did waiting, it was a pause, it was what what the hell do you need? And then we're get right back this into movie. it and, <laughs> and it wasn't like we're watching this. Yeah. We need to review this. It was like, bro, this is a good movie. Stop interrupting me. <laughs> and dude, I had fun like listening to the interviews after like, you know, they were like doing the research yeah, for, doing the the mo- research for the research for the movie. Awesome, yeah. bro. Like I enjoyed Which, learning. I'll about give it. a quick little shout out to to our uh, my brother, your brother from another my mother. Brother from another mother. Nate, he uh there's a good bit of research that goes into the show, so mm-hmm. you guys should definitely um, you know, let them know how how cool it is the the, uh, the lengths they go to to give you a nice thorough you know, review with facts, with, you know, that box office budget, with opinions, with tropes, things like that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, go give them five stars. Go follow them on Instagram. Let them know about. It do, it doesn't go it doesn't go unloved. You know what mm-hmm. he does exactly. I I I respect the research that goes into the show. But with that, do you want to go off any other opinions? Do you have any other opinions to share with the people? You know, other than just like like I just said before, the two tones of this movie really bring it home for me. Like it it plays well. There's there's not too many movies that I can say get me between laughing and like invested like you said in in a moving plot in a moving story so i thoroughly enjoyed the movie there's not much more i can say than that i can't add anything better than that either i enjoy the movie thoroughly and i think everybody should watch the movie everybody should definitely watch the movie including you nate and kyle and you should definitely review it 100 percent. and if you make the cover art make it nice make it real nice let's get over to them tropes boy whoop trope there it is so get into a couple tropes for this movie here. Obviously, like with any movies, as Nate would always tell you, and as I'm sure Kyle knows now, I'm, I know they all like to sit around and you know call out tropes. That's where mm-hmm. trope there just came from. During movies, you call them out while you watch them. Yeah. You basically met a movie, and I love that. I'm all about meta movies. So. Can I just mention one thing? Please sample that song. Just whoop, there it is. But like, just use one Your of voice. us saying trope or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. Anything, please. For sure. So... The first trope, like I said, or like, let me complete the thought I said before. There's a lot of tropes in this movie, as with any movie. We just picked a couple that we thought were either, you know, relevant or Mm -hmm. we just like to pick. So, without further ado, bears are bad news. This trope occurs when one of the actors in the movie is attacked by a bear, whether it be CGI animatronic or not. And it's kind of a play on bad news bears. Gotcha. A bear's in the a bear's in the scene and it attacks somebody. It's a trope. You can yell out trope. There it is, because mm-hmm. bears are bad news. As we brought up earlier in the movie, actually, there's a trope called innocently insensitive, and that's when there's a character that has that blissful like childish. thinking, that childish nature, mm-hmm. where they don't they say something that's kind of rude without hurtful. knowing it, hurtful. Yeah. Exactly. But like how a, how a young child in in a grocery store might point to a, a bigger person and just say why is that person big whereas a, a normal person wouldn't draw that straight to attention or you know someone's feature that they a little bit more aware of you know exactly. knowing that they shouldn't be saying of this of, of the social construct and blissfully such. unaware i got you exactly <clears throat> then you have both the power of friendship and the power of love so basically the power of friendship in this movie is in it's actually funny it's in that same bear scene when um, Hank is being pulled away by the bear, mm-hmm. the power of friendship propels Manny to actually move his body for the first time on his own so that he can save him from the bear. So boy. anytime you see friendship give someone like that next boost up to, to do what they need to do, that's power of friendship. And the power of love, well, it's a little different in this movie, I think, than it is in most movies because the power of love here is Manny's boner radar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically by seeing this woman that he is attracted to sexually and you know because of the same childish nature is instantly in love with because it's basically a puberty boy you know another killer scene when he discovers that that boner de- de- detecting boner yeah and they're pushing it around yeah. and moving it it's so funny scene. very good scene so that's the power of love when 
you know, love or I guess sexual attraction in some cases. That should be called the power of boners. <laughs> the bo- new trope, the power of a hard penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Then you got, I mean, this is basically our trope, I feel like. Mm-hmm. This is the trope shout out. Oh, that is <clears throat> Publix our, gang. That is our trope. <laughs> Publix gang. <laughs> this basically is when something that's actually used in culture is brought into the movie, but more specifically when it's talked about earlier at an earlier part in the movie and then brought back up. So, like, a part of that scene is when they first start singing the Jurassic Park um, theme. Like, da, 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 exactly. Da, and he's like, you know Jurassic Park? <laughs> exactly, and he doesn't know Jurassic no. Park. But later on, during, like, one of the buddy-buddy scenes, yeah. he's doing a, like, shadow puppet rendition of... E.T. Jurassic Park and E.T. and stuff. So yeah. it's it's a shout-out to them earlier in the movie talking yeah. about Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. basically. That happens actually quite a bit in the movie, and it happens a ton over on our podcast, Those Random Guys, I mean, hell, on all the same platforms you listen to this podcast. Hell, if you've listened to our podcast, you would have already known we've done a shout-out on this podcast talking about our segues, which are currently over on our podcast. Yes. And that was just a shout-out. It was shout about out a shout out. It was shout out Seption. God, we're good at this. I know, dude. <laughs> Fucking legends. And I felt like this was the most relevant um, trope of trope all. of all. I actually personally love when this happens in a movie. I it don't gets know about the you. Trope trophy. Trope fee. <gasps> you guys better patent it it's now. It's the first boys. annual trope fees. You boys better trope patent awards. it now. <laughs> but I love when this happens in movies. I don't know about you, but we'll see here. It's called the title drop subvert or title drop subverted Mm -hmm. it's basically when the title of a movie is danced around so they basically say it without directly saying the words so the the name of this movie is obviously the swiss army man Mm -hmm. and in the movie i think on two possibly three occasions daniel radcliffe's character manny is referred to as a multi-purpose tool man or a multi-purpose tool Multi-purpose tool guy as well, probably, I think. Which is exactly what a Swiss Army knife is. Like, if you were going to buy a Swiss Army knife that was a generic version, it would be called multi-purpose tool. So they they basically avoided using... Swiss Army Man. The term Swiss Army Man. Mm -hmm. But they actually did say the the term Swiss Army Mm -hmm. Man. It's kind of akin to, like, you know when a song has a title that's never mentioned at all? Yeah. But the song, the title relates to the theme of the the music. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, definitely. But anyways, if you see any of those, you know, a bear a, a bear attacking, people saying mean things without being uh with being totally really oblivious to it, know yeah. that it's rude. If you see friendship or love causing raging boners that give you superpowers and lead you to where you must be. Mm. If you hear a shout out, which I guess our podcast is a trope then. Most definitely. <laughs> you know what to shout when you hear these things, and that is trope. There it is. Trope, there it is. I think Nate and Kyle owe us a little something extra for coming up with this wonderful rating system. Specifically, I'll say you you got the idea of using the best breast. It was uh, a, it was a theme within their podcast, but I'll I'll take my trophy whenever you please. <laughs> I'll take my reward whenever. Send you us please. a box of cookies or something. Yeah. Give me a loot crate or something. <laughs> yeah, send send me crate. one of those AEW figures, bro. Yo, give us some uh, cool shit. That's all I'm saying. But Give us one thing to put on our set, because we're trying to decorate our set yeah, over we're trying our to podcast. Get a nice little set. But nonetheless, we're here on Two Brothers in Review. Podcast. We're here to give our to brother's best breast rating. Brother's breast rev- 
We are here today to give you the brother's best breast review rating. Okay. I think that was good. That was pretty damn killer, honestly. Mine was butchered many times, but <laughs> continue. What 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 are you gonna rate this? I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, man. Like I said before in the opinions, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought they played with the two tones of this movie very, very well. And I laughed quite a bit. I smiled quite a bit. There was a few moments where I felt sadness. There's a few moments where I felt the loneliness and hopelessness that the characters were feeling. I think it was directed very well. I think it was acted very very well and i just love the fact that they took a ridiculous nothing burger of an of a plot and made it into what i would consider a great movie so i i'm a more of a butt guy myself but everybody likes a little bit of breast right we should have did a brother's best butt rating just for this one but we'll okay. stick with we'll stick with the juggalos right mm-hmm. well that's an icp thing anyways <laughs> i'm gonna give this movie just nice, firm, like, perky still, yeah. but they're big. Okay. These are, it's a four and a half breast rating Woo! from your boy. Okay. I'm going to give this thing a 4.5, and I feel like the fact that it's a 4.5 means that it's four pairs and one extra. So, like, it's basically, I guess, three pairs and then the one lady from Eight Crazy Nights that has three breasts. I four always- and a half. I honestly can't follow up exactly what you just said because what you said is like the perfect way to put this movie. Honestly, you I feel went like first then I should have. <laughs> either way, I just want to say like to like there was a lot of things throughout the movie I I felt like I could relate through and like you said there was moments I was happy, moments I was laughing, moments I was sad, moved, and I feel like I learned something. I feel like I I feel better after watching that all on movie. a three million dollar budget. All on a $3 million budget, shot in 22 days. Shot in 22 days. With only, truly, let's be honest, one established actor. Like, one person that was known. Beautiful locations, perfect cast, I Mm. think. Good cinematography. Beautiful cinematography. Music choice was on point. Like, there was a lot of great elements. (sighs) Guys, I'm not kidding when I say this movie is fucking fantastic, and... That I agree with my friend, and I give it four and a half voluptuous, beautiful breast, mm. and that that means that this movie is probably the highest rated movie on the Two Brothers in a Review. And podcast. because we both did a half, it creates the whole. Yeah, that's nine breasts out of ten, guys. Woo! Nine nine pairs, and I'm gonna go by each one and. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll half and half it. <laughs> okay, you get. Well, so then that means we'll on the last we'll be, one, we'll we've got to share a boob. Yeah, we'll just share it. We'll go on one <laughs> each side. We'll have the two pressed, two ladies pressed on each side, so we can get. You know, one lady won't feel too bad about yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel you there. <laughs> Anyways, that is a nine breasts out of ten breast rating, and this is why I say again, I would really like for them to, to maybe watch this movie as well, and even if they don't do a review here, at least. Do a pseudo review and let us know what they thought yeah, of it. At least like hit us up. I think it would know. be really cool if you guys did this movie as well, just mm-hmm. just to see the divergence of opinion. Get four yep. opinions. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because I can see a lot of people like Kayla immediately was turned off by the the 
plot trailer, of the movie. Everything, really. but but I feel like that's kind of the point. We we understand that the plot is ridiculous, mm-hmm. and that's the point. You're supposed to suspend that disbelief, which as a wrestling mark, you should be able to do that for a little yeah, bit. Maybe suspend the disbelief and and just see if it's enjoyable. See if it gives you those emotions that it mm-hmm. gave us. Yeah. Obviously, enough to give it. Nine out of ten. Nine out of freaking ten stars, baby. Swiss Army Man, nine out of ten. Those random guys over here on Two Bros in a Review podcast. Make sure you guys, anybody else that's listening, you guys go watch the movie yourself. Besides, you know those two brothers. Yeah, comment, comment over here on their, or I should say on their uh, Instagram. Instagram. Let them know what you thought of the movie. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, and if this is the first pod you've listened to on Apple Podcasts for Two Brothers in Review, make sure you go back and listen to the whole library because these guys here, yeah. have reviewed so many movies. And then listen to the ones that come after this because. There's going to be They're just going to keep getting better. Just yeah. like we could tell you from the experience of, of podcasting for a bit now is you, you just get better. Do it more, you get better. So if you already like it, invest. You're going to continue to like it more and You're going to get way more bang for your buck if you And they now. do a lot of bonus episodes. I'll mm-hmm. say that. They made yeah. me almost want to tell you the other day we need to do a couple bonus episodes because I don't want them to be that. You know, get close to our get number. Get 100 bro. followers on Instagram, people. You know, hit them up on I Instagram. Can. Message them. Let them know your your opinions on, you know, the Swiss yeah, Army man. Let's get this done and over with, dude. Get these boys to 100 Instagram followers. Mm-hmm. Let's stop playing, people. Yep. You want to see there. Nate eat some crazy hot sauce? Oh, and Kyle jumped on board as well now. Oh, so you can see both of these boys. You're going to see live. You're going to start seeing live review videos mm-hmm. or live reaction videos, I should say, is what yep. they say. And. And then on the very first one, they're going to review a movie while under the, the heat, you know, on yeah, the hot seat with some hot, hot sauces in their mouth. Hot swass. Hot swasses. I think that's pretty great. So get yeah. these boys over to 100. And like you said, on Apple Podcasts, what do they need to do real quick? They need to leave a beautiful little five-star review and just say something a little pretty, funny. Who knows? You could say something real nice about them, you know. Uh you could say something about us, maybe. Yeah, maybe let them know say, this. Hey, this podcast that I listened to with those random guys for the April Fool's podcast was pretty good. And you know what? They made me invest to listen to more of y'all boys. Just Whatever it is. Just, just go on there and pretty. say, two bros in a review is good. That's my review. Mm-hmm. Do it in that voice, yeah. too. That's a review. Say, That's I my do review. It, I do it in the voice that that guy said in that, in that one pod. <laughs> but anyways... Um, I think also we should shout out real quick for them because obviously we're in the driver's seat this week. Mm-hmm. Kyle, I believe right now, is pushing his um, Red Rum skate crew because I think it's getting into summer, so they're not going to be snowboarding as much. My boy Nate is over on YouTube grinding it up every single day with the every single day content challenge on YouTube. Yes. High Society Productions. High Society Go over Productions. there. Make sure you subscribe. You go and tune in for the live streams. You give, you let him know how you feel about it. Comment on those videos and Comment suggest, on those videos. dude. He's got 365 days to make content, which let he's already what, through. Let him know what he should be doing. Let him know what he should be doing because yeah. give him some it's ideas. hard to come up with things yeah. for 365 days. Give I'll him, be honest. Give him some ideas give as a content some, creator. Give him, give him some challenges. You know, yeah. he's more than willing to listen to whatever feedback anybody got. For Speaking him. of challenges, I challenge the listeners to go over and. Check out our podcast, because I think it's pretty sick. You already knew it was coming, Nate and Kyle. <laughs> We're going to plug ourselves. We are the brother and the brother from another mother. My name is Tommy. My name is Corey. And we are 
Those random guys. Damn, that was the most killer thing ever. On Holy the spot, shit. dude. We My That's God. our new intro theme. Yeah, I know, right? Anyways, those random guys podcast. Check that out on any of the platforms you listen to podcasts currently, mm-hmm. including the one you're listening to right now. And we're even over there on YouTube. Yeah. You should definitely go over to our YouTube and subscribe. Instagram, Facebook, any of the other ones, you know, platforms, platforms. We do killer shit, and we need a thousand subscribers. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. We're at seven. We just hit seven hundred over there. So get us to a thousand. I'm gonna get drop kicked in the head. My friend Corey over here is Wax gonna get a grown man's body. That body waxed, boy. So if you all want to see that, just go over to the channel, hit subscribe, give us some comments, give us some feedback, whatever you want. I think that's all I have uh, for now. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna sign out. I'm Corey. I'm Tommy. And you're listening to our brother's podcast? To our brother's podcast. Two Two brothers brothers and a review. review.